Thank you, thank you. I, I was going to tell a funny story, and then I thought maybe I won't, but now maybe I will. Uh, about a month ago, we got a boat. We've, we've never been boat people. We've, we've had kayaks, and we've had a canoe for a number of years, but we bought us a boat with a big motor. And um, last night, I got to drive <laughs> for the first time. And we were, I don't know what y'all do when it's 95 degrees outside, but we go jump on the boat and we, and drive around in circles. And then at some point in time, we park, you know, and jump off. And um, anyway, for we've had this boat a month. For the first month, Rick was focused on that willow tree, as you know. He had brought all kind of messages about the willow tree. And I started telling him, I got a message. And it's titled, The Anchor Doesn't Hold. <laughs> and, you know, there's an old hymn called The Anchor Holds. You know, through the storm, the anchor holds. You know, it's about Jesus. But our anchor doesn't hold. <laughs> How do I know? Because we drug it all over the lake. <laughs> and then we're like, oh my gosh, there's the ropes hanging off the front. We're dragging the anchor. You know, it's full of weeds. One time, Rick, who is a very professional docker, he uh, was having a really hard time getting into the dock. And he tried again, and he tried again, and I'm up on the deck, and finally I go, you know, there's a rope hanging off the front of the boat. <laughs> so it's hard to dock the boat when you're dragging the anchor, just saying. <laughs> I know. I drove the boat last night. I mean, we were, you know, here's what all the old people do. Uh, well, after 7.30, you can't make a wake. And we almost always forget to bring our phone or uh, our watch or something, you know. You don't take that stuff on the boat. So then we're driving by other boats going, hey, do you know what time it is? You know, because we would like to go fast. But we did, the very first day we had the boat, we did get in trouble. We got hollered at a little bit. We didn't know all the rules. And um, there's a rule keeper on the lake. So she made herself known. And uh, anyway, uh, we, um, we got to go fast. And um, everybody goes really slow. After 7.30, then there's almost like a parade of pontoons just going really slow. So Rick let me drive, and then I kept telling him, what time is it? You know, because I was going about 30-something around. I wanted to see what it, I know what it feels like when you're riding to make that curve, you know, but it's a little more fun when you're driving. And then it was time to slow down. And so we're going like 10 or less. I said, I could walk faster than this. <laughs> anyway, that's my lake story. And I'm sticking to it. So I wanted to um, talk to you today. I wanted to just encourage you about something. I wanted to talk to you about a specific person. And um, it's been on my heart, and there's been a couple of different um, circumstances or situations that have caused me to... Um, be so compelled to talk to you about this person. It's somebody that you all know, that you all need to know more, and um, that is the person of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we were just singing this song, Holy Spirit, you know, come down. And, I mean, 
that's a beautiful song, and I can just enter right into the throne room in that song. But, but the truth is, is that if you are a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And so what I've always done is I'll kind of do this, and I'll say, Holy Spirit, rise up in me. Rise up in me because I need you. I need to hear from you. I want to feel your, the presence of God, you know. We need the Holy Spirit so much. And I want to talk to you about that today because I know that we have some new people in our church. Now, for some of you, this is just, you know, basic Christianity. But um, I think we need a reminder. And, and there may be some that don't, uh, well, you don't know. I'm going to share with you my experiences. Okay, so yeah, I'm not saying I know everything, but you don't know what I've experienced. And I just really want to share that with you because it has changed my life. And uh, I believe that God wants to, you know, continually change all of us from glory to glory, right? And uh, even more so um, as the days grow more evil. So, I thought I should lay a little foundation first, and then I thought, well, how far back do I go? Well, in the beginning, in Genesis 1, um, you know, God was there, right, creating everything. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so he was there, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was there from the very beginning at creation. Um, Jesus is the word. There's an, you know, Jesus was there. The scripture tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. Jesus was there in the beginning as well. And so we see the Trinity, which is a, a word you may or may not be familiar with, but it is what we believe is that God is one God but we, we know him in three persons. We know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We know um, a lot about the Father. We know a lot about the Son. Do we know a lot about the Holy Spirit? And I think we need to more and more and more. And so I want to share my experience with you anyway. So I'm going to touch on a bunch of scriptures, you know, in, in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, I'll just jump right over to the New Testament, you know, when there's a scripture in Matthew and it talks about, uh, it's when Joseph was trying to decide whether he was going to put Mary away quietly or what, because she was found to be with child. And an angel appeared to him and said, don't put her away, but this that has happened in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. And he quoted uh, one of the prophets of old when he said, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. So at Christmas, you, you know, we talk, we sing all about Emmanuel, God with us. But um, I want you to know that God came to the earth in, when Jesus came to the earth it was God in flesh and that's why they called him Emmanuel because God was with us now and then um, at the end of Jesus ministry on the earth he tells his disciples and there's a whole lot of scriptures in John you need to read the book of John it's so so good and um, 
Jesus is telling his disciples, he's preparing them for his departure. And he's telling his disciples, it's good for you that I go away. Because when I go away, then the Father will send the Spirit. And the Spirit will be with you forever. He'll be in you. So now the Spirit of God is not just hovering over the surface of the water, but he's going to be in you. And this is important. That's why I say all the time in worship, I will say, Holy Spirit, rise up. Why? Because has he gone to sleep? No, but I have, maybe spiritually. And so in um, John 14 is where uh, the scripture that I'm referring to um, is when Jesus is telling his, his disciples, and you know, um, you know, he said, you know, I'm going away. They were upset, you know. They did not think this was the way it was going to go. And um, they, he said, but, you know, where I'm going, you're going to go too. And you know the way. And they said, we don't even know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus explains to them, I'm the truth, the life, and the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so you need to know that you need to accept Jesus. As your Savior, he is your way back into relationship with the Father. This whole book is about the redemption of mankind back into relationship with the Father. And um, Jesus' disciples didn't understand all that at first. And so he's explaining, again, in the book of John, chapter 15, he says, when the counselor comes, now some of your Bibles may uh, referred to the Holy Spirit as the helper or the comforter or the counselor. But when he comes, the one that I'll send from the Father, he's the spirit of truth. He's going to testify about me. So he is going to um, speak. The Bible goes on to say he's going to speak only what he hears from the Father. And he's going to testify about the Son. And then he tells them again in chapter 16 it's of the book of John, it's to your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, then the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I'll send him to you. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. I think that's important. He'll glorify me, this is Jesus speaking, for he'll take of what is mine and he'll declare it to you. After this, Jesus told his disciples many things. He prayed in chapter 17 of the book of John. You need to read that again. He prayed for himself and then he prayed for all those who would believe. And that's you and I. He prayed for us. So if you're curious as to what Jesus would pray for you, read John 17. It's not in my notes, but I, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Um, afterwards, Jesus was betrayed in the garden. He was crucified at Calvary. He was buried in a tomb. He uh, rose three days later from the, from the grave, defeating death and the devil. And then he appeared to Mary Magdalene. And she ran and told the other disciples that he had risen. They were all kind of hiding out. And um, then he appeared to them. And 
um, they weren't all there. The Bible tells us that we know at least Thomas wasn't there because Thomas said after they told him about seeing Jesus, he said, unless I see the holes in his hands and put my hand into the, the spear hold in his side, I won't believe unless I see it. And so Jesus did uh, appear to them again. And especially to Thomas, he said, okay, Thomas, come here. Touch my hands, touch my side. And then he said, blessed are those who believe even when they haven't seen. And um, then he breathed on them. The Bible says in John 20, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, just a little bit later in the book of Acts, he told his disciples not to um, leave Jerusalem, but to, to stay there and wait for the promise that he'd given them. And so they did do that. And as you know, that is, happened on the day of Pentecost when they were all together in an upper room in the, in the, um, the Holy Spirit came and they were baptized. Jesus said, I, John baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with power from on high. And the Holy Spirit, just like he descended on Jesus at his baptism in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit was um, given, um, came down on the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So, my, my Bible, actually, there's a subtitle in there. It calls this section, um, The Promise of Spiritual Equipment for a Worldwide Campaign. So something was happening right then that was going to change the world. Isn't it amazing that, you know, over 2,000 years later, here we are. Our lives are changed. The world has been changed. And it, and it all began on that day. And those people that were there at that time when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they were filled with power, the power that they needed to be witnesses. And it was revolutionary what happened from there. So we've established that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there at creation. And, you know, this was illustrated to me, um, the, the, the God in three persons was illustrated to me in the beginning of my Christianity um, in, in a powerful way. This was like in the 80s. I've, I've told you this before, but I don't have any news stories, so um, I'm going to tell you again. When I was a baby Christian and I was just learning about the things of God and learning about God and growing in a relationship with him, I saw this video. It's called Close Encounters of the God Kind. Had anybody seen that? Anybody but me seen that one? You, you should probably look it up, maybe. I don't know. It was the 80s, so uh, uh, I only remember a part of it. But the part that I remember changed me completely. And Jesse Duplantis is a pastor. He's kind of a comedian pastor. He's real funny. And uh, have you heard of him? He... Um, so he had this vision, and again, it's been, you know, how long ago was the 80s? It was like, you know, 40 years ago. So I don't really remember all of it, but I'll tell you what I do remember. He had this vision, and he went to heaven, and an angel was showing him around. And I remember that he said, 
wow, this is a lot like earth. I'm really surprised. And, and the angel said, well, you know, God created the earth, so it is his taste. And, um, and somewhere on down farther in the vision, he went to the throne room and he saw the glory of God. And, and he described it as it was like the, just the most brilliant light, not just a bright light, but the most brilliant light. And he could not even stand in the presence of the glory of God. It was just so powerful and so amazing. And he fell to the ground. And then Jesus walked out of the glory of God. And he saw Jesus coming out of the glory of God. And when he could compose himself enough to speak, he, he whispered, <laughs> And you got to know the guy's crazy. He whispered over at the angel and he goes, okay, I see the glory of God and I see Jesus, my Savior, but where's the Holy Spirit? And the angel said, he's on the earth. I submit to you today that he is still on the earth. The, you know, there's a something in the Bible that maybe we'll get into, not right now, that talks about the restrainer at the end of the church age, where we live in the church age, at the end of the church age, the restrainer, when the restrainer is taken out of the way, then all evil will break loose, right? So is the Holy Spirit the restrainer? Um, that's a lesson for another day. I'll let Pastor Rick teach you that one. But I want you to remember this. He's on the earth. The Holy Spirit is on the earth. And where? Where is he? Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so we know who he is, right? He's the Spirit of God. God in three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is on the earth. We know who he is. And we know where he is because Jesus said he's going to live in you. So we know who he is, and we know where he is. He's in you, and you're on the earth. And so I have to ask this question. So what is he here for? I'm glad you asked. So many things, so many things. I wrote 10, and then I wrote a few more, and then I don't know. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to encourage you to do a study on the Holy Spirit and find out what he does on the face of the earth because there is so much, and I don't have time for all that. The Bible tells us that he convicts us of sin. When we have sin in our lives, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, he's the one that says, come on, you don't want to live this way. You don't want to be this way. Now, he's not the condemner. You, you must learn the difference because there is, a, um, a, uh, the Bible calls them the accuser of the brethren. That's not the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit convicts you with love and with kindness, but he wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. That's one of the reasons that he came. He also seals us. He confirms our relationship with God, um, and that's powerful. He reveals truth to us 
in the book of John. He's called the spirit of truth. And, and again, I want to take you back to John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears, and he'll tell you what is to come. So there's a whole lot of fear on the earth today because nobody knows what's going to happen. And, you know, I just I want to encourage you in this. You don't need to fear. God knows. And I've always kind of felt like I'm on a need-to-know basis with him. When I need to know, he'll let me know, right? Till I, if I don't need to know, then, you know. You know, I heard Dr. Barkley say when he was here a few weeks ago, he's like, no, I didn't bury all my money in a bean field. Why? The Holy Spirit didn't tell him to. I remember, do you remember Y2K at the turn of the century? And, oh, what was going to happen? It was going to be horrible, you know. And people were preparing. I mean, we met people who sold their home, moved to the sticks. They were living off the land because all this was going to happen. Did we do that? No. Why? The Holy Spirit didn't tell us to. Right? So he's going to help you. He's going to enable you to produce fruit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When I was in sixth grade, my teacher sent a note home to my mom that said, Diane has no self-control. And as an adult, I thought, wow, she figured that out already. You know? <laughs> The Holy Spirit has all these attributes, and he brings them to you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you. He's going to help you in your weakness. He gives you power to be a witness. He's going to lead you. Let's see. What else did I write in here? He gives you spiritual gifts. Read 1 Corinthians 10. Those gifts are given as the Spirit wills. He leads, he leads, he leads. I remember being um, 19 and telling my parents one time, I just wish there was somebody who would tell me what to do because I don't know. If any 19-year-olds in the room or thereabouts, you don't, you're not going to have it figured out for a long time. And you don't have to. And take that pressure off. You don't know what you're going to be when you grow up. I didn't know till I was 40 what I was going to be when I grew up. I was a late bloomer. But um, it's okay because God knows. He knows everything about you. And the Bible says that the sons and the daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you'll let him lead you, he'll lead you in the direction that you need to go. Right? He led Jesus into the wilderness. He led Paul around. He told him where to go and where not to go. Um, he, told the, he led the apostles to lay hands on people, to go where people were sick. The Bible says that he intercedes for us. He prays for us. When we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. 2 Corinthians 3 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, at one time, a young girl said to me after a women's event, she, she came up to me and she said, I can't wait till I'm like you. 
And I looked at her and I thought, how do you mean? You know, it's not all good. Um, And she said, free. The Holy Spirit sets you free. He brings freedom. Romans 5 says God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So who pours God's love into our hearts? The Holy Spirit. Are you catching my drift? We need him. And more and more and more all the time. He speaks to us. He comforts us. He leads us. He's on the earth. He is in you. If you have received Christ as your Savior, is he available? Well, he's God in the Spirit, and God has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. He is available. I almost said I think he is, but I know he is. He is available. Let me share a little bit of my experience. Um, In 1995, right here in this church, I attended a youth conference. It was... It wasn't a conference. It was a leadership meeting, I think. Rick was the youth pastor, and I was there by default. And uh, we were in the old sanctuary, and there was a... We were brand new here. We were youth and music pastors. We had just moved here from Holland, Michigan. And um, in this youth leadership meeting, we did an exercise. And... uh, I don't, I'm sure that there was some teaching or something before we did this exercise, but I, I don't remember it. All I remember is the exercise that we did. And so we were given a prayer assignment, and we were to ask God to speak to us right then, right there, right now. And uh, we were each given a yellow legal pad. That's the long ones, you know, and a pen. And we were instructed at the top of our paper to write, my child, today I would say to you, dot, dot, dot. That was the assignment. So we sat there, and um, the hardest part of the assignment is this. Get out of your head. Because God's not going to speak to your head. He lives in you in spirit. So you got to turn off your thoughts and get out of your head and put your paper to pencil or your pencil to paper and just begin to write. Now, you might only hear one word, write that. And don't think about it. It's so hard not to think when you're told not to think, you know. But don't think about it. Just write that one word. And then the next word. And the next word. And the next word. And um, I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget what happened that day. I found out that God will speak to me right here, right now, right today, right about what I am dealing with right now, personally, personally. So I began to write, and and I was going through some things. See, we had just moved here, 
And I, I didn't feel like I fit in. Have you ever felt that way? I didn't feel like I fit in at all. And, and I knew we were supposed to be here. I knew it was the will of God. But I, I just felt like a fish out of water. I felt so inadequate. I felt unworthy. I felt bad. And I was a little bit broken up about it. And so as I shut off my brain and opened up my spirit and let God speak to me, I just began to write. Man, I filled two pages on that legal pad. And, and I noticed that some of the people wrote a little paragraph, you know, and stopped and were looking around. I did not care. I mean, I had tears streaming down my face, and I filled two pages on that legal pad. And when we were done with the exercise, we were asked, would anyone like to share? Well, if y'all know, I really have never been shy one day in my life. And so I said, I mean, I was just amazed. I said, I'll read mine. And I began to read what God said to me. With tears just running down my face, he said, you're not inadequate. You're not weird. You're not any of those things. I created you to be just who you are, just like that. You're supposed to be her, just like that. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're not inferior. You're not inadequate. You're perfect, just like I want you to be. And you're here because I called you here. And you're going to do great things. And I mean, he, I mean, I can't even talk about it without getting teary-eyed because God just, he spoke right to me about what was in my heart. I didn't even have to tell him because you know what? Guess what? He already knows. I didn't have to do three pages of blah, 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 blah. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I feel. He already knows. And he just poured his heart out toward me. And I was changed. And, you know, I, I was a baby Christian somewhat. I mean, I had accepted Jesus, but I was in the process of renewing my mind. So I didn't, um, I didn't know a lot. And um, I remember after I had shared my, my paper, I read it. One of the guys who had just written a little bit was extremely uncomfortable. Maybe it was my tears, but he said, wow, you know, that's really personal. <laughs> yeah. And I was just so amazed that God would just show up because I asked him to. And that he would minister to me like that. Well, as you can imagine, after that day, I began to write to him a lot. <laughs> and you know what? We bring that bag up here, Rick. It's pretty heavy. Um, I just been um, <laughs> I've been cleaning out boxes and things, and I found a box. The last box to clean out in our new house was a box entitled. Um, you can just hold it for a couple hours. Um, Diane's um, past. It was labeled Diane's past. And uh, there was lots of stuff in there, like my um, pictures of when I showed horses in the 4-H and um, 
all the letters that God wrote to me, and I wrote to him. Now, these ain't even all of them. But my life was changed that day because I discovered that God would hear me and that he would speak and that I could talk to him and I could ask him questions and he would answer me. Personal stuff. And, and so I, kn- I didn't stop writing. To this day, this, there's a, one of these journals in here, this brown one. I just finished it yesterday. And I have three more on standby at home. People give me journals all the time for Christmas and stuff. I got one for my birthday that says, um, what does it say on the cover? No matter what happens, at least you don't have an ugly husband. Guess who gave me that one? <laughs> you know what? These, believe it or not, I mean, this one got chewed up by a dog, but these books are full. Every page is full. This is my life with Christ right here for the last number of years. Now, as a baby Christian, I always thought that, or I wondered if maybe someday some, I'd meet some religious person who would tell me that God doesn't read letters, and he doesn't write them. But you know what? No one has ever said that to me, because he does read letters, and he does write them. I mean, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush, right? Didn't God tell Jonah to go to Nineveh? Didn't he tell Noah to build an ark? Didn't he tell Gideon to lead an army? I mean, who would say that God won't speak to you about the task at hand or what you're going through? Do you know that there are whole denominations that believe that everything that God was ever going to say is in this book right here. Everything, every comment he had on any subject is in this book right here. Do you know that there are whole denominations that believe that God doesn't speak anymore except for through his word? Well, I feel sorry for those people. Because when I was needing to decide whether to send my kids to Skeels Christian School or to Gladwin Public School, it wasn't in this book. But the Holy Spirit who was in me and knew what was going on in my life when I didn't know what the right answer was and I didn't know which direction to take. When I poured my heart out to him, he answered me. And he told me which direction to go. I've been listening to a new song that's out by Sanctus Real, and it's called My God is Still the Same. Have you heard it? Because God is no respecter of persons. That means he doesn't have favorites. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. Right? He loves us all more than we will ever understand. And I, was, I watched this interview by the writer of this song, My God is Still the Same, and, and um, I don't know the guy's name, but he's in Sanctus Real. And in the interview, he stated that 
he wrote this song in response to all the fear going on in the world right now. And he talked about the wars of his father and his grandfather's. And, you know, I've, I keep, I've said this a lot lately. There's really nothing new under the sun. I mean, new wars, same devil, right? Um, and, and he said, the writer of this song, he said, you know, God never said we weren't going to have trouble. As a matter of fact, he said, we are going to have trouble, right? But he wasn't ever going to leave us alone, that he would walk through that trouble with us. Right? Shall I remind you, the Holy Spirit's on the earth, and he lives in you. We need to remember that God, who God is, and what he's already done for us. So the song goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> thank, thank God. Thank God, right? I thought about asking you about 1030 last night if you could just whip out your guitar and play this song and sing it for us, but then I knew you'd say no, so um, I didn't. Just ask the waves if they're still at the mention of his name. They'll say, my God is still the same. Ask the walls if they still fall at the mighty sound of praise. They'll say, my God is still the same. When did he break his promise? When did his kindness fail? It never has, it never will. My God is still the same. When did he lose his power? When did his mercy change? It never has, it never will. Our God is still the same. Just ask the words you prayed in desperation if they're heard. Ask the grave if it's strong enough to keep hope in its chains. It'll say, my God is still the same. Not once has he ever stopped moving. Not once has he ever let go. Not once did he ever stop proving that our God is in control. It's such a powerful song, and I pray when you hear it on the radio that you listen to the words. Because God hasn't changed. The world cha has changed. Oh, yeah. And fear is rampant. But God is still in control. And he said, there's another scripture I didn't write down the address, but... He's, you know, Jesus said, we won't leave you like orphans. That the spirit of God will come and live in you. That's so profound. My prayer for you today is that you understand that God is available by his Holy Spirit. He wants to meet your needs he wants to hear your concerns. He wants to answer your questions. He's so close that you can feel him. Have you felt him? If you haven't felt him, get closer. Because I can feel him. I can feel his presence. And he wants to minister to you. He wants to help you with your personal things. You know, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, my dad was 59. He was a strapping, strong, six-foot-two guy, never been sick a day in his life. And he was diagnosed in one day with terminal brain cancer, the most deadliest form of cancer known to man. And they said, he will die. 
well, I didn't like that answer <laughs> at all. <laughs> and, it, and it shook my world. It didn't shake my faith, but it shook my world. And I went to God. I remember laying in my bed. I, I think it was in the morning, actually. And I remember just crying out to the Holy Spirit. And I said, what is going to happen? I mean, I was beyond fear. Have you ever been beyond fear? You might know what that feels like. Just to be so devastated. And I wanted to know what's going to happen. And as clear as a bell. Now, I didn't hear this with my ears. This word rose up out of my spirit. And as clear as a bell, the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm taking him home. I didn't want that answer. But I'm so thankful that God loved me enough to answer my question. Didn't he say he would tell us things to come? And you know what? Sometimes he, he won't tell us what's around the corner because we'd probably screwed up if we knew, right? Maybe you're having trouble in your marriage, in your work, with people, with your kids, in your family, with your health. Ask him some personal questions, knowing that he wants to answer you. You know, I met with a woman in my office not too long ago, and she'd been going through a really hard time for a long time. And I gave her my best counsel based on the Word of God and what I know. But then I asked her this question. I said, what does God say? I asked her that question. Because I have questioned him myself and gotten answers. And so if you are in a quandary, you can seek out a minister or somebody um, maybe a little more mature than you spiritually. Or we have always, Rick and I have always sought godly counsel whenever making a, a decision, an important decision with people, someone that we trusted spiritually. And, um, but you know what? I can give you my opinion. I can give you my counsel based on what I know from the word of God. But you know, his opinion is so much better than mine. I can only give you counsel, but the Holy Spirit can change your life. I'll give you one more personal example. I don't know where the clock is. I lost track of time, so. Okay. Oh, we don't have one anymore. Okay. So let me give you one more personal example. As you know, we recently moved. We inherited my mother's house when she died. It was a horrible, horrible journey with my mother and her death from COVID. It was a horrible thing. I pray none of you have to experience that. We inherited her house, and so we moved. Now, on, I have a, you know, I know Rick and I, we laugh about our bucket list. What's on your bucket list? You know, I guess just things you want to do before you leave the earth, you know. And I have always, always wanted to have a cottage on a lake. Always. 
just not that one. <laughs> and I never imagined that it would be that house. Now, there's a lot of memories there, some good and some not so good. My dad died in that house, in a hospital bed, looking out the window at the lake. That's one of the good memories. Anyway, after we made the move, I was just really having a hard time. I did not feel at home there. I was not happy. And you all and everybody else in my life kept saying, are you so excited? I bet you're so excited to live at the lake. You're so excited. And people would come and they go, oh, my gosh, this place is gorgeous. I bet you're so excited. And I had to fake it because I was not so excited. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was so unhappy. I was discontent. I was sad. I was... Uh, I couldn't really put my finger on all the things I was, but I was, it wasn't good. Let me just tell you that. I didn't feel at home there. As a matter of fact, for the first month, I, I had this underlying feeling that eventually we're going to go home. You know, and then I'd have to go, wait a minute, we sold that house. This is home. And, and my husband is in his glory at the lake house, in case you haven't noticed. He loves it. He goes out and sits on the end of the dock, and I see him out there. He's just meditating, and I know he's just thanking God. He's just thanking God. He comes in, and he goes, how do we get, how is it that we get to live here? You know, he, he just is so blessed, and I can't feel it at all. I just want to leave. And so one day, finally, after, you know, I don't know how long did it take me to remember to talk to God about my problems, you know, I went, to, I went to the Holy Spirit, and I said, what is wrong with me? I wrote it in this journal, this brown one down here that I just finished the other day. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I should be so grateful. I don't want to appear ungrateful. But I just, I, I am not content. I don't have any joy here. And I, and I am faking it for the sake of everybody else. And, and the Holy Spirit, he said, Diane, he said, you're looking for contentment and joy from walls, roofs, and windows. That's not where it comes from. He said, your contentment comes from me. It's on the inside of you. Joy comes from me. It lives in you. It's on the inside of you. It doesn't come from your outward surroundings. If you're waiting for your house to make you happy, uh, just hear me. Let me save you some time. It ain't never going to happen. Contentment is an inner work. It's not an outer work. It's an inner work. And, and you know, he, he set me straight just in a um, very kind and loving manner. Um, he said, I... I'm the source of your joy, not your house. You're looking in the wrong place. Look within you, and you'll find it. And you know what? That one conversation, within probably an hour, I started feeling like, this place is kind of cool, you know? <laughs> hey, I think I could be okay here. 
I was changed on the inside. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I love my house now. I love my house. I like, it's just a house. You know, God also said to me, this is not, because people had said, oh, this is your reward, you know, because you and Pastor Rick have been so faithful. And God said, this is not your reward. This is a gift. And when I shared that with Rick, he said, what's the difference? And I said, well, a gift is freely given. A reward is something you earn. This house, it was a gift by my father, God. My father in heaven, he knew that it was one of the desires of my heart. And did any of my mother's children ever in a million years think that she was going to leave us what she left us? Never. It's the, it was the gift of God that blessed my life so much. And one conversation changed my whole attitude. And that's what I want to get to you today. I want you to have one conversation with the Holy Spirit that's going to change your attitude and potentially change your life. It only takes one conversation. I pray that you start writing him letters. I don't pray for one letter because I'm greedy. I want you to have a whole bookshelf full of letters to the Holy Spirit and from the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to live this life with you. He wants to teach you. He wants to help you. Not, not one-sided conversations where you do all the talking. Or six pages in your journal where you've told God everything you can think of and everything that's going wrong and everything that's, uh, you know, on your mind. But a back and forth with him. And, and I promise you, he will do this for you because he's done it for me. And I know that you have questions. I know that you need help sometimes. And I know that God is no respecter of persons. He wants to give you direction. He wants to give you correction, perhaps. And you know what? You need to be open to correction. As a matter of fact, you should ask for it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've learned this a long time ago. I don't want to deceive myself into thinking that I'm right when I'm wrong, right? So ask God to correct you. You know, in, in some of these books from the beginning, um, this one was 98. I know that there are some much earlier. Obviously, we had a dog when this one was around, but um, I used to... Uh, talk to God about Rick a lot. <laughs> and it seems like every time I would say that man you gave me, he would turn right around and say, let's talk about you. Or, you know, Rick did this, and then the Holy Spirit would say, and what did you do? He always just wanted to talk about me. I'm not sure why. He wouldn't deal with that man, but... One time I left, I left my prayer journal out on the coffee table. This was years ago. We lived in Holland. When I went to work, I, I left it out on the coffee table. And when I got home, my husband was sitting there and he said, I read your journal. And I said, oh, <laughs> you did. Huh? I'm thinking, oh, God, what's in there? And uh, he said, well, at first I was mad. 
he said, because I read what you wrote about me today. And then I went back a page. And then I went back another page. And then I went back another page. And I discovered that you talk about me every day. And he said to me, he said, I'm not mad anymore. He said, but I am envious of your relationship with God. Not in a jealous kind of way, you know. I just, I want to encourage you. I mean, I, maybe, maybe we're writers. Rick is a writer. I found 200 love letters that he wrote me from the first 10 years of our marriage. And um, he didn't write them anymore, but uh, <laughs> now he just speaks them. He speaks them. You don't have to. But we're, we are, we're kind of into writing at our house. And um, I bought my mom a journal when my dad was dying because I thought maybe she would want to talk to God about some of these things. And she told me that she did write in it, but then after my dad died, she ripped out every page and burnt them because she didn't want anyone to ever see what she wrote. You know what, can I just encourage you in this? It is more important that you and God have these conversations than whether anybody ever reads your stuff or not. I used to think, oh, after I'm gone, you know, somebody, I always thought, after the rapture, you know, somebody, I don't know who, none, nobody I know, but maybe the neighbor, or, or not, not you, neighbor, but maybe some stranger who moved into my house after I'm gone, you know, maybe they'll read my prayer journals and then they will, they will be, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could have a relationship with God like this. Now I know that nobody is that interested in me and all of my <laughs> ramblings. So probably not, they'll go in the burn barrel, but it is more important, it's more important, this Christian life it's so much more important that you talk to God, that you let him talk to you, than whether anybody reads your stuff or not. You know what? You got to get over that. My hope and prayer is that I've inspired you to get close to the Holy Spirit. He has what you and I need for the days ahead. He knows what's around the corner. He knows what we need to do to prepare. He's going to let us know when we need to know. You know, the first question that, and, and I'm going to close with this, but a lot of times the first question that people ask me whenever I talk about this is, you know, how do, I, how do you know it's, you, it's the Holy Spirit and not just you? And my answer is easy. He doesn't sound like me. And so, you know, I will admit that I have... Um, I have erred, and I can go back and read a letter from the Holy Spirit and realize, no, that's what Diane wanted. But most always, always, the things that he says to me are so profound, and they, I, they were, it's news to me. He's going to use my pen and my hand to write those letters on the page, but it's going to be coming from the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. He's on the earth. And he's not leaving until we do. Amen? Well, I did an opener. 
I did an intro. I did a body. The only thing I didn't do was a closing. And that's because I almost threw all my notes out the window and thought, I'm just going to tell stories. But we need to, you need to have an opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit today because I have prayed diligently that God would anoint me to be, to say the things that he wanted me to say. And, you know, he is the anointing. I'm not. And I pray that I have touched your heart, that the Spirit of God has touched your spirit and that you might be compelled to talk to him about your stuff. And don't just do all the talking yourself. Let him talk to you. Listen, the hour is late. A time on this earth, who knows how much more time we have. Jesus came to set you free, and I pray that when he returns that he finds you free. Because that is the will of the Father. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what can I say? Heavenly Father, I love you so much. We all do. We praise you and we thank you that you designed this earth for us that you sent your son to be our savior, that we would not die in our sin, but that we could live. And you sent your spirit to be on the inside of us, to lead us and guide us and help us. Holy Spirit, we're so thankful that you're with us, that you're in us, that you're here, that you know the will of the Father, that you've promised to instruct us. And and, and you're only going to say what you hear the Father say. Holy Spirit, we need you more than ever before. Father, I pray by your Spirit that you would fill us up. I pray, Father, that you would anoint us to be, have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters in this room. I pray, Father, that their lives would be changed, Father, by their conversations with you through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, the only way you get the Holy Spirit to live in you is if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. He's the way the truth and the life. He's the way that God made for us to be in fellowship with the Father once again. He's the way to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone who has never asked Jesus to be their Savior? I think y'all look, look so familiar. Okay, then you're good to go. You ready? Get your pens. Get your paper. <laughs> Amen. I will turn it over to you.